I believe that every woman has a story and that our stories matter. You have a story and whether you're feeling like fully alive in it or maybe you've lost that thread and you want to regain it. The big idea is people care about your story. They want to know the journey where you could have turned left, but you turned right and why. And how did God's story, the Bible, influence that or how could it strengthen and help you discover your story? So we believe every woman has a story and a purpose here, and we want you to come as you are and find your purpose in God's word as we celebrate every woman's story. So I'm here with my co-host, Elisa Cortez-Bast, and this is our Get to Know You time, our Get to Know You podcast. So Elisa, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Naomi. Well, one of the things that we love to learn about our guests is kind of like, where do you uh, live your purpose out, your story out? So who are the people you live alongside? And then where do you find that fully alive purpose? What do you, what's that look like for you, Elisa? Oh, thank you. You know, it's, it's, um, I have to imagine um, for the guests that will have joining us that a lot of people will name their family and I have to name my family too. But specifically, I have to name my sisters. And so I am the middle child and I am almost classically the middle child. I grew up like nobody understands me. You know, I'm so alone. And I am so grateful that as I've gotten older, my sisters have been like a sounding board. Um, they see me as I am. I can be myself completely around them. And at the same time, they challenge me and they pray for me. So nobody sees me like my sisters do. Um, so I'm so grateful because as I really think about the place where my story comes alive, um, the place where I've shed the most tears and I have laughed the hardest, I think it really is with my sisters. Like I just, I love them so much. And so um, those would have to be my people. They're my ride or die. So I, I, I just, Martin and Christina, if you're listening, I love you. Um, thank you for helping me be a better person. But I'm curious, Naomi, I mean, what does that mean for you too? Like, what does that look like? Who are your people? Well, thank you for giving freedom for us, not just to give the classic answer of, of course, my husband and my children, right? Although I do have a really cool husband and I have three amazing children. Um, and if I really thought about like the people who kind of formed my story, I actually think it's probably, um, it's actually probably a lot of my brothers and um, my dad. So I am the youngest of eight children. And um, one of the great ironies is that the youngest and the one who was always like smaller than, you know, not as far along in life than, um, that somehow God in his sense of humor um, has asked me during multiple times in my life to lead a whole lot of people, um, two different Christian nonprofits, one MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers, where I served as their president and CEO, and now Stonecroft Ministries. Um, and each of these reaches around 100,000 women a year. So the youngest of eight and uh, with these brothers and dad and one sister. But I think one of the of origin was there was never a sense of like any of us having to be cookie cutter. There was never a sense of only girls do this, only boys do that. Um, I, we're not Italian, but I'm understanding that Italian individuals are known for being maybe more vocal but we're all very vocal. So maybe we're Italian, like we wanna be, we're wannabe Italians um, in our family. And so I think that really shaped my story. I really grew up with a sense of, you know, if God was in it, I could do anything. And, um, and that I wasn't defined 
by my external characteristics or, you know, my birth order or any of those things. So yeah. And I, I do love my husband and my three children and yeah. And my dog who you might see sometimes he pops on the stick. <laughs> he looks <laughs> terrible right now, but he's super sweet. And he is my buddy. He likes to be with me all the time, whenever he can be right now, there's a, a deer outside that window. Um, and he, he wants to go get it. So there you go. Those are my people. So what about purpose, Elisa? Like, you know, I know you a little bit. I have some inside scoop. I get to work alongside you. And I met you at a big, well, it was a national gathering last year. And that's how we met. But tell me where you kind of are when you're living out your unique purpose and story. You know, that's a great question. And it's, you know, it's hard because I feel like in some places, you know, um, you know, God calls us to show up in different ways, um, in different spaces, but, you know, it's really kind of the question of where I feel the most alive. And, you know, the best, the best story that I can give for that is that um, I was with uh, some of my colleagues um, after a really long day of just a lot of meetings and um, we were in a retreat that was packed full of work. And so we had decided to go, um, to go see karaoke. Now I am not a karaoke person, not my, not my jam. Um, but it was interesting because we had some people that had not said one peep I mean, out of a staff of like over 40. And we had some people just never spoke the whole time we were there. And then we had one gentleman who just got up to the stage and we were in like in the backwoods of nowhere, Michigan. And he starts belting into the back row. And my heart just came alive because I realized that this person had been sitting on so much talent and so much goodness. And we just didn't know. And in that moment, that brief moment in that like backwoods space, you know, where we're all just trying to grab a hamburger at the end of a long day, like he decided to share the gift of his goodness with us, like something that God had gifted him with. And I think for me, what made my heart just leap in that moment was that I got to witness someone feeling completely safe to bring the fullness of how God had gifted them. And I just remember thinking, God, if I can navigate and facilitate those environments for all of your people. Like if I could make space for someone to bring the fullness of how you've gifted them, like if I could feel this way every single time that somebody got to step into their purpose, like that would make me feel like I was living into my purpose. And so it was in this, you know, this just dinky little space in the middle of nowhere. I was like, God, this is, I just want to reconsecrate myself to this moment. Like I want to make sure that I'm releasing talent and amplifying the good in others. And so for me, that's, that's it. Like if I'm in those, if it's in boardrooms, it's over coffee tables and apparently over karaoke um, where I get to see people come alive. And that just makes my heart so happy if I can make space for that. Okay. So either what song did you sing or if you could sing any karaoke song, what would it be? Oh, let me clarify. It was not me. Now I love to sing and I, I absolutely love to sing, but karaoke mystifies me. There is a, a shameless abandonment that you have to have to lean into karaoke with all your heart and soul. And so for you karaoke people out there who are listening, I salute and applaud you. I wish I had that kind of abandonment. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. That, that wouldn't be my thing. No. <laughs> 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 but that means we need to do it now, Lisa, you know, just to like 
try out some new chapter of our lives, right? Yeah, somewhere so, somebody's going to capture. Do not do not tag us in the in the video. Just let us be. Let us try in the darkness of wherever we land. Just yes, we'll turn off our videos. We'll sing into the. <laughs> no one will even know who's who, right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. But how about what does that look like for you, Naomi? Gosh, you know it's funny because I'm one of those going like, what is a mission statement for my life, right? I'm one of those, okay? Um, sidebar, there used to be a funny cartoon, the Dilbert cartoon, where there was the random mission statement generator, where literally yeah. you could go on <laughs> online and plug in like any two words. It could be like puppy and apple, and it would generate this gobbledygook mission statement, like we exist to see puppies consume apples and transform the world through holistic, you get the idea. And um, it was a great thing. I don't know if anyone can still find it online. If you can, let me know about it. I'd love to know. But my actual mission statement was not generated that way. And it is um, to realize God-originated, beauty-filled visions that lift us toward wholeness or toward shalom, because the Bible's word of shalom and can mean a lot of things, peace and wholeness, completeness, completion. And so situations where I get to, first of all, discern what God wants to do. I do that through reading the Bible. I do that through a lot of prayer. I've done that through spiritual disciplines, such as fasting and solitude and silence and journaling and all kinds of stuff. And, and then really go, okay, so what is the God originated vision? What might you want to do here, God? And, um, and then really come alongside other people and say, I think this might be something we could do together, or we could build together, or we could see become real together. And I think it would do a whole lot of good for a whole lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, so there's different ways that's happened in my leadership roles. Um, right now, there's a vision that we have called She Cannot Wait. And it was this idea that we believe that no woman, none of us should live apart from knowing God loves us um, simply because no one will share God's story with us and, and love us and show us what it looks like incarnationally through our lives and be honest and transparent and not just have it all together, fakey people. And so um, I really know that the thing that um, fuels me and reminds me of all the goodness in life every single day is my relationship with Jesus. And so I want that. I want that for me. I want that other people to know that's available to them. And um, so that's a vision that right now I'm really working alongside a lot of other great people um, to see more of us be willing to, to love our friends, to, to get to know that story. If they, you know, it's up to them whether they want to pursue that, totally up to them. But just to have them have a tangible expression of it through a human life. So, yeah. Now, Naomi, I know we'll be, we will have the privilege of hearing so many stories um, here on this podcast. And so I'm just, um, I'm curious, you know, what about stories excites you? What about the stories of, of, especially of other women, what excites you about listening and leaning into their stories? Oh my goodness. That is a great question. Um, so I love stories because they move us to action. And I love them so much that when I, um, well, I'll tell you a powerful moment in my life where I realized I got to tell the story. I got to help other people tell the stories. And I was actually in South Africa and I was at a global conference where we were looking at um, the book of Ephesians in the Bible. And we were looking at a part that talked about how um, Jesus came to break down dividing walls 
um, between different between you know you could you could extrapolate this men and women, uh, Jew and Greek, slave and free. And then at the time I was working for an organization that helped um, children in poverty escape poverty and lift themselves and be lifted out of poverty. And so I also brought that rich and poor, you know, physically rich and poor. And I, um, during that conference, took a, a day where we got to go and, and tour around. And there was a moment where I was at this beautiful um, restaurant that had this gorgeous like garden and everything and great food. And I knew that on the other side of a six foot thick wall was one of the largest slums in all of South Africa. One side of the wall, a slum, the other side of the wall, this oasis of great food and beauty and gardens and all that. And there was just this physical sense of a dividing wall that I wanted to see torn down. And so when I got back to my workaday job, I, I started going, I know what I'm here for. <laughs> I want to understand stories that will help people who maybe live in physical wealth understand the stories of brothers and sisters just like them just born in a different place who live in physical poverty and I, from where we are to where someone else is and and backwards for us, us to listen to other stories too and so when I did my doctorate um, which was at Fuller Theological Seminary what I did was I I, I said I want to know stories that spark people into living in a way where they're kind of crossing boundaries and being and going across differences to see good happen for their own sake, for the other person's sake and mutuality. And what are those stories? And I call them spark stories. And um, and actually, that's part of what we're going to be learning about in this podcast. We're going to be asking each of our guests uh, uh, that kind of story. There was kind of this set pattern of people believed um, something, maybe belonged to a certain group of people, and then they became those kinds of bridge crossers um, who could really make a difference in this world. So that is how I fell in love with stories. Um, uh, they're powerful. <laughs> I yeah. love that. You know, so, and it's, um, you know, I think with all the social media and all the places where, where we can be seen and we can, you know, elevate our own image, you know, I think about how many um, people and especially women feel like their stories are are just unseen or feel like they're just still unknown. And so even if their picture is everywhere, um, to actually have somebody listen in and lean in, you know, and I think about the stories of the women in scripture that are just so often overlooked, you know, for some bigger stories or flashier stories. And so I'm so grateful to be part of a conversation where we're, we just get to like, you know, tune our ear in a little bit more um, and actually elevate the things that are just, um, you know, sparking believing, sparking belonging inside of women who just passionately love Jesus um, and see themselves um, in the stories around them. So I am so grateful that we get to lean into women's stories together, Naomi. Me too. Me too. So that does set me up to ask you, I want to hear a story that sparked you into, if you're thinking essence of Elisa, which sounds like a very nice perfume. I bet it costs a lot of money. <laughs> warm and spicy yeah um yeah so what would be a story that was kind of one that like it shows the spark of who you uniquely are what your story is about yeah you know it's um it's interesting because you know as I was reflecting on this for myself it's it it feels like there's these um big mile markers in my whole journey where I was like oh you know I had to take a hard pivot here and I had to take a hard pivot there 
And, you know, the story I think I, I enjoy sharing and is so exceptionally painful is when I decided that, um, you know, I wanted to use my gifts and experience um, as a business major, as an organizational leadership, um, kind of I'm hoping to be an expert one day that I would actually use that for ministry work. And so I always, um, I always love sharing um, that when I was on my way to an interview to work in finance and my plane was delayed in Chicago O'Hare. And if you've ever went through Chicago, um, there's just some parts of the O'Hare airport that are fantastic to be stuck in. I was not at one of those gates. I was like, it felt like I was in the basement somewhere. My own story, I'm in the basement. And I just remember going, what am I doing? What am I doing? Is this what I really wanted? And knowing that if I completed my journey, I was essentially signing up like I was going to pursue a career in finance. Um, and then just feeling like, man, I, this is not, I don't think this is who I am. And I remember calling my dad and he's like, well, you know, you don't have to go. And I just had never recognized or realized that I might have permission in that moment to be like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to go. And I was 20, you know? And so here I am in a big giant airport and I'm just feeling like, oh, I should do this because this is the right thing to do. And I remember bravely walking up to the counter and just saying, I'm sorry, I have to go back home. Like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, I came back and, and the gentleman and the organization that was organizing my internship, you know, they said that we just, we just don't understand. And I was their poster child for everything. And I said, you know, I just, I think I'm supposed to take my, my business skills and, and take them into ministry. And they were like, oh, what a waste. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> Hell, this was never going to work. And they just, they couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. That was the hard part. I couldn't see it. Um, but I just knew, like I knew in my, my knower, you know, and it was, it was like my spidey sense was tingling. And I just said, well, I, I don't know what this looks like. I just don't know what this looks like, but I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And I went to um, my youth group leader at the time and I said, listen, I will help you set up chairs um, if you will let me help you set up chairs because I'm just trying to figure out what's next for me and my story. And I don't know, I don't know what that is. And he's like, I think you could do more than set up chairs, um, but I really could do some help in the office. Can you help me do that? And that started my, my trajectory in serving in ministry uh, was, just, was just saying yes, you know, saying no to something that felt like um, was really important but hard. Um, and at the same time, just recognizing, you know, recognizing that valley moment where God just gave me space to be like, I don't have to say, I don't have to move in this direction. I can change my story. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, I love telling people that. I mean, I think it scares parents because they're like, please don't tell my kid <laughs> to derail, derail their career. Um, but I, you know, I just believe that if I find my calling, I can always find a career. Um, you know, my mom always used to say that if you can find your calling, you will always find your career. Because if your calling is people, you will find people wherever you land. You know, and if your calling is to bring order out of chaos, you'll find that in any industry. And that career will always find you if you can lean in and listen to the Lord for your calling. I love that. If you find your calling, you will always find your career. Did I get it right? Yes. That is powerful. And your mama said that? Your my smart mom, mama? mama said that. Yes, she did. Oh, I love that. Wow. Well, that, that is cool. And that does take courage. Yes. And it makes me think of one of the things that we are going to be living out and are living out in this community, which is that idea of, um, 
understanding other people's stories don't have to be the way we would want them to be. And we would tell them to do like a lot of parents would say, no, <laughs> I helped pay for X, Y, Z, or, you know, in our family, we are always this career, you know, um, and, or if you get this done first, then all the other dreams can follow later someday. And, um, that we really want to trust in God's story to shape our stories and, and that we're each, we each really do have something to respond to. We're not, we're not cookie cutters. Absolutely. So. Yep. And I, you know, I heard that in your own story, just, you know, sometimes they're big leaps of faith. Sometimes they're small faithful steps in the same direction, you know, and just that there's space for that. And, and, and that God calls us to that. And sometimes we have all of that in one story. Um, and so I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that um, I'm grateful that we're not cookie cutter. I'm grateful that a big creative God said, said that that was not who he was. <laughs> so he's not going to make us all cookie cutter too. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is tremendous and important freedom. Well, actually it kind of is a little bit like my own spark story, or at least one of them, right? We all have, and my internet connections unstable, it says, because I live in Colorado, y'all. And when it snows, it messes up all kinds of things. And it's beautiful. It's pretty. It's good for the water table, but it messes up internet. So um, can you hear me okay, Elisa? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. All right. So my spark story, I actually was embarrassed to tell this story for a long time because I, in some ways I couldn't even believe it. It actually happened to be honest. Um, but the, um, so I am descended from Abraham Lincoln. Don't I look like him? Don't answer. <laughs> Please don't answer. So growing up, that was something that I knew. And, um, and so, you know, we would talk about presidents and all that. And one day my dad and my mom um, you know, and basically said, Hey kids, we're all going to go get in our blue station wagon. Remember I'm the youngest of eight. We're going to get in the blue station wagon and we're going to go see the president. So I'm four, right? I only know one president it's Abraham Lincoln. And so I am sure I'm going to go see Abraham Lincoln and I'm so excited, you know, and cause I've heard all these great things about him. And so, um, my parents drive us, you know, a few miles in the blue station wagon and we get out and there's a big parade for the president. And so I'm all dressed up. I've got my little gloves on. I'm wearing my little white dress. You know, my parents, gloves and hats when dresses were a thing with my parents. I like, I don't even know where you find those anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you want to wear gloves, whatever. But I was wearing all that stuff. And usually for me, I had the little white patent leather shoes too. And they were usually scuffed because I was really, I loved climbing trees and I was a tomboy. But anyhow, um, so, you know, the parade's going and everyone's excited and I'm seeing through all these big bodies and someone goes, there's the president. And so I push through the crowd. I later learned what I also pushed through was the secret service. And I ran out on the parade route right up to the motorcade where the president, who was not Abraham Lincoln, by the way. I love it. Said he did that, and then he was like, oh, "Okay, this is a little girl." You could almost see the processing. I better be nice. <laughs> and he leaned down and shook my hand. And as soon as he had shaken my hand, the Secret Service—now I know who it was. All I knew was a bunch of strangers—twirled me around so fast and shot me back out through the crowd. <laughs> and 
Okay. So like, that's kind of me, right? It was like this idea of realizing dreams, right? I've learned a little bit more about you shouldn't run through the secret service, no. especially not if you're a four-year-old. But, um, but what that makes me think of in this idea of uniqueness of story is a, a passage in Ephesians, also Ephesians, like I mentioned earlier, um, cause that book's been really important in my life in a lot of ways, but, um, in Ephesians two, nine and 10, um, uh, and also verse eight, but in verse 10, it talks about how we're masterpieces, you know, we're works of art. And there's not, you know, really even a, a almost adequate translation for that word and that we're created to do good works and your good works, Elisa, and my good works and somebody else's good works. Who's listening. Like, doesn't mean they're the same good works and that we should walk in them, that we should actually do them. And we should, if it's, if we're the crazy ones who are like, I want to see the president, um, that and we're supposed to go, you know, run through crowds and like go there. That might be what we need to do. And um, and so that would be an example of a spark story because there have been many things like that in my life where um with more fruitfulness than that particular story, although hey, I was the only kid that day who shook the president's hand. So I guess right. it went somewhere. Um, you know, just that idea of of understanding where each masterpiece is and no one masterpiece is like another. Otherwise it would just be a copy. It would be a print. Right. It wouldn't be a masterpiece. So um, yeah, so that's a bit of my story. I love that. Yeah. Well, Naomi, in, in our little bit of introduction time that we have left, um, what would be one of your big hopes for this um, podcast? What would you hope that our listeners um, would sense from spending time with us? Yeah. I think the words, you have a story. You have a story. You may think your life is just a come, you know, discombobulation of unrelated experiences. And maybe right now, if you're like a lot of us, um, those can feel not entirely like what you would have chosen, yeah. but actually it can all make sense together. And it can make sense in a way that is not only important for you, you know, our listener and for me, as I make sense of my story, but it's really important for, um, for others around us as well. Cause, um, one of the things I love is the, the words that the stories we tell are the stories we live by. Mm -hmm. And so whatever story you're telling yourself right now, um, if it's life-giving, if it's drawing you closer into all you're made to be, go for it. If it is something where it is, um, confusing or it is um holding you down or it isn't your calling and some good things will follow or the dream and go burst through the crowd and maybe that's what you need to go do um or whatever it may be then then it it's an opportunity in our time together to really think about your story and one of the things we want to bring forward is a, what we call admired women's stories vulnerably told and so um, we're going to try to be really honest with you about the things in our stories that are difficult the places um, where light is going into those dark, hard places and really making a difference. And then why it's so important that we keep all of us, both, you know, Lisa and I and our guests, why we keep showing up to those stories and, and inviting God's story, the Bible to come into that story, because it matters. Your story matters and you do have a story. So I think that's the, kind of the big idea. The other thing is we want to end each time with kind of a blessing uh, with you. We want to be able to go into part of God's word because we believe it is powerful and encouraging and will transform you and me as we hear it. 
And so we want to be able to close our time just reading some scripture over you. And um, as you continue in your busy day or enter into your, your busy day or even a night's rest. So, yeah. So that's what I'm hoping for, Miss Elisa. What are you hoping for, Gabby? Oh, Naomi, I would have to say exactly the same. You know, not everybody's story is upward and to the right, that often it takes the twists and turns. Um, and we trust in God to work all things together um, for his glory. And so I'm so grateful um, to be able to curate a place where women can be vulnerable and can celebrate. And who knows if we may even have some tears, um, women to be able to courageously share their stories and where they're at and where God is at work in their lives. Amen. So I'm wondering if this time around we could end with um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, and um, just taking turns reading it over you, our listener. And um, I'm going to pull it up in my device to be to give you just a time to think. And maybe Elisa could read it once, and then I'll read it once, and then maybe Elisa could bless you with a prayer as we close. That sound okay, Miss Elisa? Absolutely. Okay, okay. So from Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Mm. And listener viewer who's joining us I'm going to read it over you again and as I do I want to invite you to just listen in your heart for words that just are the words that you need right now that your story needs right now maybe it's to celebrate where it's like hey yes I'm strong already and that just strengthens me even more maybe it's like that is balm on a very sore spot and I needed that so let me go ahead and read this again Ephesians 2 8 through 10 in the New Living Translation God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Lisa, will you pray for us? Yeah, actually, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to close out Ephesians um, as, a, as a prayer of blessing for our listeners and for our time together. Right. And so please hear these words. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters. And may God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for joining us in our introductory gathering. You're going to be meeting lots of amazing women, including the, the one, and okay, I'll be in there too, the ones we've met already. And we can't wait to hear more of your story as well as you join us on everywomansstory.com. I'm going to actually spell that out for you if you're listening and not seeing this. So it's everywomans, plural, no apostrophe. And then it is dashstory.com. It's a place where we can say that every woman has a story and a purpose. Come as you are and find your purpose in God's word as we celebrate every woman's story. Take care and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.